Hey everyone, we are live on Professor Bats and Friends. Thank you for being here. It's been a while since we have been behind the mics. Uh, we've been Too traveling, long. doing things. Tony's had a daughter playing softball, and we've just been busy this summer. And it's been a while since we've been here. It's good to be back. It is really good. good to be, really good back. Really good to be back. We had this show scheduled for a month ago, uh, a little less than a month ago. I had uh, befriended. Tanner on uh, on Facebook and talked to him a little bit and I asked him to come on the show and and our schedules didn't work out then um, and uh, finally finally we're able yep. to get you on Tanner we welcome you to the show we appreciate you being here yeah thanks guys glad to be here yeah well, I'm yeah. I am excited to have you here um, it's not often that we get to see somebody that we that we follow and watch and and and, uh, and and admire as much as the work that you do and, and get to have them on the celebrity. Show. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, kind of no. starstruck right now. Sorry. I know it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know it it was funny when when I first contacted you, you said, "Well, we'll see if we can if we can get the other people to come on." I was like, "No, I want you. I want to talk to you." Uh, well, here because, I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you are you are one of the one of the ones that I fell in love with on the last, well, I, don't, I say that, fell in love with it. Yeah. Careful. Bro, 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 you're you're going to make me blush here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, during, the, during the last uh, series, uh, going back to Alaska, because a lot of the things that you did really were, were, were some of the things that kept me kept me watching the show. And, and awesome. it, was, it was so cool. But, man, I appreciate you being on here. Yeah. Tell us Good a fans. little bit about yourself. Give us an introduction uh, for those of us who, who may not know who you are, uh, oh, man. tell us, yeah, romance. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Tanner Johnson. I am originally from Laramie, Wyoming, um, born and raised on a ranch outside of Laramie. Uh, what really got me involved in like photography, videography was, uh, I went up to college in Powell, Wyoming, which is Northwest college. And I actually got my degree in photography there. And I also met my at the time, girlfriend, but soon to be wife, Randy Johnson. Uh, she was also majoring in the photo program in Powell. And she's actually from Livingston, Montana, which is just right here over the hill from Bozeman, Belgrade area where I'm at. And so that's how I ended up ending up in this area as I moved up here from Wyoming, because this is just such a pretty area. There's a lot of opportunity. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something with my photography. Um, so I ended up uh, finding a job at the camera shop here in Bozeman, which was called Bozeman Camera, or is called Bozeman Camera. So I worked there for eight years. I ended up becoming the manager, like second down from the owner, basically. And that's how I started to get, get to know Claycroft. And I was already starting to get into the overland 
slash off-roading realm. I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee that I had built up. Um, and then Clay started pulling up in like the original 2013 Tacoma, the original Hunter Series Land Cruiser. And I was like, oh man, like, what is this all about? So I <laughs> got to know him, started to watch the show, became a big fan. And then towards the end of my time there, I, I wanted to do something different. I just wanted to try something new. So I ended up chatting with Clay one day. He came in to look at like a tripod or something. And I was like, hey, what does a guy got to do to like help out on my day off or something? Like I'm a kind of a self-taught mechanic. I've done all my own work. I'm always like wanting to learn new things. So I ended up coming in on like Tuesdays on my days off from the camera store and ended up uh, doing some installs here and there. And little did I know that in the background, it was kind of testing for clay to find out if i was a good fit or not because uh he made some offers of maybe i could go on a trip and be a cameraman and that was clashing with my schedule at the camera shop so i ended up like not being able to make it work and then clay one day when we were headed over to do that uh there was that tribute video we did for jeff at the end of the overlander series mm -hmm. so i was just like a driver slash like runner like helping out in the behind the scenes of that tribute video but on the way over there he basically said well what would it take to get you to come on full time with us and i was like oh like did not expect that so he offered me a job and i took it and i couldn't be happier and i've been learning a ton and building out my knowledge on both learning the video side because i've never shot video before i started and this was in spring of 2019 my first uh week full time with them they flew me literally i i put in my two weeks at the camera store i uh finished on a friday then that monday they flew me to detroit to pick up odin the jeep gladiator that we built <laughs> and i drove it two and a half days to expo west in 2019 <laughs> oh <laughs> and then, no and then i spent <laughs> the rest of the week there at expo and i'm just like oh my gosh <laughs> like such yeah. a big change from yeah. going to the camera store day after day doing the same thing to suddenly I'm being flown to Detroit to drive two and a half days 1800 miles to Flagstaff Arizona so it That's was got to be culture shock it, it was a whirlwind yeah it was definitely hit the ground running but man I I knew right away it was like I like this like every week can be completely different from the last week like every day can be completely different yeah. Uh, there was one day in 2019 uh, when we were doing the Great Pursuit prepping with the powered paragliders. I was getting to work. Um, I pulled into the hangar and I got out and I went in and I didn't really have an idea of what I was going to do that day. I think I was going to work on some wiring on one of the trucks. And I ended up hearing one of our ham radios in the hangar was going off and it was Clay and Ty they were in the air and they were trying to call the hangar because they were running out of fuel and they couldn't get back to where they took off. So then the next thing I knew, uh, Silas, one of our editor cameramans at the time, and I were taking Trinity with the toy hauler down this county road trying to catch up and find them. And I was like, oh my I love this. Like the fact that I went from, oh, I might be doing this to suddenly I'm hauling butt down some county road to go save them. Like, it was it was pretty awesome so yeah it's got to yeah. be it's got to be one of those dream jobs where you wake up and wonder what in the world am i going to be doing today yeah 
it's got to be it's, something new every day and you wake it, up in a different world or, or oh yeah yeah it's uh, you know trips aside because the trips are a whole different animal right. but it is it is one of those things that we do have those stressful days we have deadlines we got things that aren't working and it's like yeah i get stressed but man what we're doing and the fact that i'm not sitting in like some office cubicle or something like that it's yeah. it's i count myself very lucky to be a part yeah. of all of it that's that's amazing i've i've been to bozeman uh i've been in and out of there that that is the most awesome airport i've ever been to <laughs> it's like a giant log cabin it is yeah it's it has so beautiful yeah i i really like it and i i love the fact that where I'm at, I mean, we're like a 10 minute drive to the airport. So makes it really nice. I used where I grew up down in Laramie, we'd have to drive about two and a half, three hours to Denver International Airport to go yeah. anywhere. So yeah, it's nice to have an international ish airport. So well, I talked to a, I talked to a local person that I sat by on the, on the airplane when we were flying in there and it was uh, January, I think. So we okay. were actually going to Yellowstone to do snowmobiling trip with a bunch of veterans and I uh, talked to a local that was on the plane by me and and he said that one of the uh, bragging rights that Bozeman has is they have never dismissed school because of snow <laughs> and I thought they yep. must have some buses around here that are beasts because <laughs> you get a lot of snow uh, I thought that was so cool because the amount of yeah. snow that you get is massive and to never dismiss school because of snow, man, if it snows <laughs> a half inch here, we're dismissing for a week. It's crazy. Oh, if, the, yeah. if the forecast calls for it by noon, the yeah. schools are just like, man, we're out. No, they don't even, they don't even see, don't even, they don't even oh, wait yeah. for the snow to get here. No. Yeah. I, uh, the snowstorms we got when I was a kid are definitely more than what we get now. But I remember growing up, on a and we were at a rural schoolhouse in a little laramie wyoming and i remember we'd wake up and we'd turn on the tv and the news would be coming out of denver and they would be talking about they got like three inches of snow in denver so the schools are closed it's a snow day meanwhile i look out and i can barely make through the blizzard our school bus coming through plowing and pushing <laughs> snow out of its way and i'm just like ah. that's great that's great as a kid i was like come on i come want to i want to give us day. a break man <laughs> yeah give us a break yeah it takes a lot for the weather to shut things down around that's here that's awesome. for sure that's awesome I, I, my dad traveled around when when i was little and we lived in why not north dakota uh, for a couple of years and uh it, when it started snowing the snow never went away yeah i think north dakota is the clo the coldest place on earth it's just <laughs> unreal it was awful oh, uh, i rode motorcycle in north dakota in july and almost froze to death so i can't imagine the winter so oh, yeah that would be rough so porker states on here and, and he kind of reiterates our starstruckness you know he said when we went through laramie i expected to see a giant sign called that said oh. home of tanner johnson uh that's that's kind of what what we all thought but uh that's pretty cool misty awesome. thanks for being on here we appreciate you being on here and saying hey to us uh, but yeah telling us uh where you're from i know you've got um a little son right yep his name's Jace. He's going to be two on the 24th. Two. I knew he yep. was really young. Wow. He's uh, he's a riot. I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine. He looks like a trip. 
<laughs> Two-year-olds two are some of the funnest, uh, most challenging yep. uh, people on the earth. I was going to say, I used to think that. Now now you got got my daughter's in, my daughter's in seventh grade going on seventh grade. Yeah, so. 12, 13 is, is they, it goes from like two and then they become really good until they hit like 12, 13. And that's, they, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely starting to do the, like, he knows no very well. He knows. Well, no. Sure. Yeah. And so everything, like I'll ask him if he wants to do this or that. He's like, no, no. And, but he also does a good job of when he does want to do something, he'll like nod his head and go, please, and like sign it at the same time because we taught him to sign, oh, you know, cool. please and stuff. So he's he's been a lot of fun, but he's definitely getting into that stage of yeah. wanting to test the boundaries and try to pout about something not going his way. And yeah. Our yeah. dog, we just got a puppy, uh, a golden doodle puppy named Louie. And if our dog just like brushes him, he'll go, ah, and it's like, no, you're fine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he tries well, to be dramatic to get attention, I feel I'm, like. I'm wondering if uh, you have the mother's curse. You know, uh, when I was growing up, the mother's curse was, I hope you have kids that are just like you. <laughs> and uh, it worked with me. Uh, yeah. It worked with me. I had kids that um, I had to go through the same thing so that I put my parents through. And uh, I'm wondering, do you think that do you think that'll be something with you? You think yeah, he's going to act just like you when you were a kid? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> From everything I've heard, that I I was a fairly well behaved kid. It was my brother, on the other hand. Ah, uh, see, he was uh, a more of a handful. So yeah, my sister yeah. <laughs> was that way. She was just uh, all the time getting me into trouble. But yeah, I was a, I was works. an only child, yeah. so I didn't have to deal uh, with that. Yeah, Lucky. well. You had nobody to blame, though. So that's, that's right. Let's see, we had somebody to blame for all the bad stuff that happened. <laughs> yep, exactly. Now, Tanner, tell me how did how did you uh, develop a love for photography and videography? When when did that start? Uh, videography started when I started with X Overland. I okay. I shot like video here and there, but never I never like really put it together. I did a few random little things for myself, but. And it was satisfying, but mostly photography. I actually uh, got a digital camera on my 16th birthday. And I never, I was always kind of into taking photos in the past, like grabbing my parents' old film camera and using up three rolls of film at the zoo on a vacation yeah. or something as a kid. But yeah. when they bought me a digital camera for my birthday, that pretty much jump started it. And then graduating from high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I always knew that I had photography as a hobby. And then one of my friends that went up to Northwest College said, hey, they actually have one of the best photo programs in the country in this little two-year community college in rural Wyoming. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And I knew some people that went up there from high school. So I looked into it and they had a great program. And one thing led to another, I guess. And wow. now, were you always into like nature, or did you take yeah. wedding pictures, or I, did you branch out any at all? Um, so I, I do wedding photography with my wife. My wife and I uh, both own Yellow Horse Photography, and so we've been shooting weddings around here. Now, with my schedule with trips and stuff, it's a little bit harder for us to reliably book out weddings. Uh, but we're trying to 
get that figured out more. But yeah, so I started with nature wildlife, even with my little point and shoot camera. When I was 16, I'd go out and try to shoot like old school. Like we grew up on a ranch, so we had everything was rustic and mm-hmm. antique. And so I tried to get artsy there. And then I got into more wildlife photography. So now I shoot my personal camera. I have a Nikon D850 with a 500 millimeter f5.6. And I have the 7200, the 218, the 24 to 120. And so, and that's the kit that I bring on the trips to do the photography, like up in Alaska, basically my, my D850 and my 70 to 200 and the 35 F14 were like, they lived on, you know, those are the two main mm-hmm. lenses I shot with, but yeah. So nature and wildlife was definitely what got me into it. And that's still my passion. That's what I'll go out and do on the side. But then for the business, we do weddings, portraits, um, real estate with the drone, I'll fly real estate. And I've done a lot of interior photography of houses and pretty much anything that they, you know, want to hire us for, we'll do for sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. That's awesome. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, you know, because everybody's got hobbies that, uh, a lot of us don't know about and uh that's that's interesting that you that yeah. you do that on the side too so with with x overland what is your actual position title what is your actual job that you do that you're so, supposed to do i know it yeah. ranges you know every day but you could be a mechanic one day and an air pilot one day or whatever but yeah what, what's your actual position there so my actual like job title is i'm their fleet manager So that basically means that I'm in charge of the entire fleet of trucks, making sure that, you know, every, all the maintenance done on them, any installs get done, like either I'll do the install or I need to hire a shop or somebody else to come in to do it. So I'm the one that's in charge of making sure that when that date comes up for those trucks to ship out on a trip, they're all ready to go. Um, And so then below that, I'm the photographer slash videographer cameraman you know whatever needs to be done the talent so in front of the camera but like in alaska i was mostly behind the camera until the fishing poles came out right right um (laughs) yeah that's my so my day-to-day when i show up to work i'm basically looking at the trucks whatever needs to be done to the trucks get installed on the trucks what have you and then also part of being a fleet manager i'm also still right now in charge of like right now we're working through our loadout for our new series coming up. So I'm also in charge of getting the cameras all squared away. Since I have that background, I go through and make sure that the lenses are right. You know, if there's anything new we want to try out or do, you know, a lot of that I'm still learning because it's all the video world versus the still world. But right. that, yeah. that stuff I love and I enjoy learning as well. So. Well, we've, I've noticed that um, here recently you've, uh done a lot of drone shots uh is yeah. that something that you really enjoy is the drone footage the drone work oh it's so much fun i've always been into it but i've held off getting our own personal drone but through x overland it's been a lot of fun to learn it and now that i've acquired my or when i started with them i acquired my commercial pilot's license for drone work so now mm-hmm. i can fly it you know, for our business. And so that's why I got the new Mavic 3. I've been waiting for a small drone that had really good camera capabilities because all of them shoot really great video. Mm -hmm. But the new Mavic 3 has the same size sensor as what our Inspire has. 
or micro four third any micro four third mirrorless camera has that larger sensor so that's what i was really waiting for it was a bigger sensor drone to do landscape photography as you saw in my instagram right um and so now that's what i use for our own business and it's a ton of fun to fly it, especially with clay with our big drone because we can do some pretty amazing shots when we work together what uh what big drone do you have oh we run the inspires okay just the inspire. dji inspire yep well, that's, wow. that's interesting well i i can tell you um you know i've i've met i met clay and rochelle last year yeah. when they came to uh more expo uh and you know a lot of times uh, when you when you meet people that um are you know that popular that have many that many followers you really don't know what you're going to run into uh how they're going yeah. how they're going to accept you know the little people like us and <laughs> let me tell you they they stayed uh i was actually working at the rental rack booth uh had my okay. vehicle in there and and uh, and they stopped by and chatted and talked about just everything uh, for awesome. a good 30 minutes. I mean, they were just walking through and, and had such a great time. I had got my picture made with them and, and I really enjoyed them and just down to earth people, just super nice people. I was very impressed. Awesome. And, um, I know that, uh, working for somebody that you respect, uh, but you also are friends with has got to be another part of that dream job aspect because you can work for anybody but if you don't enjoy your job it's not going to be something that you wake up to and oh, love going for sure every day. yeah yeah I, yeah they're great folks and just seeing their ambition and their drive to pursue whatever dream that they come up with has been very inspiring and yeah it's i i love working with them every day for sure and i love the fact that in my old job I worked with a lot of bachelors <laughs> and so yeah. it was really hard to connect with them when it came to at the time i was trying to you know we were trying to start a family you know i i couldn't talk to them about anything family or marriage related yeah. and so now to be with a group that's all married they all have families of their own it's really refreshing because then if something comes up and i got to take a day or two off or something it's they completely understand they get it because they've been there done that so it's yeah it's really refreshing for sure yeah that's good well um tell us about um the the trips that you take um you know kind of like start to finish about what like the let's let's say for example the last the last series that y'all put out on the alaska trip um yeah start to finish what is what does your position look like because you actually did go on that trip and yep. you were in charge of what and and putting all that together making sure everything was done so uh i guess you started with the vehicles making sure they were ready and then you flew out there and met them and did all the video work and how did all that look uh behind oh, behind the scenes kind of like trying to remember what even all that happened <laughs> a whirlwind. I, I'm I, sure even the other day I was sitting there I was like the build season from last year like what did I even do like what was I even a part of that like I <laughs> just it such a whirlwind. It? yeah so it was a pretty big push I mean as you know I as you know like the PCOR for our orange Tacoma didn't even show up until the week before they were 
scheduled to send out to the ferry in Seattle. Wow. So that was a big scramble to get that oh, all built wow. on. Luckily, though, that's already a pretty plug-and-play system. Mm-hmm. You just have to bolt it to the truck and plumb in a few things, and it's good to go. So, But it was, it was definitely a mad dash, and that's where – as a fleet manager, I'm basically the one coordinating all that. So we had the whole, the Van Stralen boys there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Ryan Connolly coming in cause he lives nearby. And then we have uh, Eric Olson from the South America series. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes by. And so that's where my job comes in is I basically manage, okay, so-and-so you got to do this. So-and-so I need you on camera to film this and this. So I'm kind of coordinating all that. And then Clay's there if he doesn't have his appendix removed. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and so that's kind of where my job looks like when we're prepping for the trips is I'm basically managing all the chaos that's happening. Um, and then once we're on the trips, it's kind of, you know, Clay's the director, so he's running the show there. And I'm just kind of, kind of doing what I'm told. And, you know, when we need to get out and film, I'll be, probably the main person to hop out and grab the camera at least in alaska um and then if we say like the drones up the big drones up then i know immediately whatever truck i'm in i'm hopping into the passenger seat or the rear seat to run the camera controls while clay's flying the main drone um and then if i see any photography potential i'll hop I'll grab the radio mic and be like, Hey guys, hold up. You know, if we're not in a big hurry to get somewhere, I'm going to get a shot really quick. So then I have like a little handheld mic that I can grab and coordinate and I'll tell them to go turn around and come back up this road or something. So I can get a few quick shots of the trucks coming up this cool section of the road or what have you. So yeah, it's, it, it's pretty much chaos on the trips. Yeah. Yeah. Other than, you know, it's like there's times where we can slow down and get more methodical, but a lot of it's a lot of run and gun and shooting. And so, and then sometimes we just have days where we just need to get to the next spot, cameras go away, and then we can just drive or relax. And that's usually when I can actually drive the vehicles is when the cameras are turned off. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I love, I love how on your series, first of all, uh, like, like Porker says, Porker was actually on the trip with us that went to Wyoming. Uh, your cinematography skills, the way Thank that you. y'all put videos together is second to none. I, I have to agree with him on that. That's really what um, not only, you know, uh, having met Clay and Rochelle and and um, and and knowing and like, you know, like watching on video, like I met those. I met those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the the cinematography, the drone shots, the way that y'all put everything together, it's almost like being at the movie theater. And awesome. Is that what you're after? Is that are you oh, are sure. you after that high quality? Um, I don't even know what to call it. The wow uh, factor, you know, the, factor the, the, the opening the opening scene, uh, yep. the drone footage coming in of the big ferry. Yeah, which yeah. is it's just like. All you hear, yeah, yeah. All you hear is the the sounds of the sea, the seagulls, yep. and the all of that was just. I was just. Yeah, <laughs> was hooked. Yeah, that's all part of that movie magic yeah. for sure. Movie yeah, that, magic. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where it really pays to be experienced with the drone because just that shot. I wish I could take credit for that one, but that was all clay because I wasn't there for that. But just the smoothness and the 
the lack of any kind of sudden movement or change, which would normally get cut out of any of our kind of edits, just the fact that it was one solid clip. I mean, it was, mm. that was a once, you know, that was a once in a lifetime shot to get it yeah. right. And you couldn't go back and reshoot it. Yeah. Like, yeah. The failure's yeah. going There's regardless. There's very few so. one and done. But yeah, that was. Yeah, and, see, and I'm I'm sitting here thinking, you know, if I were just, you know, the average Joe going up there, I wouldn't have been able to fly my drone. Or I wouldn't have thought that I could have flown my drone like right there. Like I wouldn't oh, yeah. have been permitted to do so. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just. Yeah. That, that, well, yeah, yeah. You definitely want to know what laws, you know, make yeah. it legal or not. But yeah. we're always we always abide within the laws. for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's yeah. so many. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You have, it's it's unreal. You have to know where you're at, where you're going, where your drone's going. Yeah. Um, especially when you're in a place that, uh, you know, is, is that a research thing for you to know where you're going to be and where the drone can fly and where it can't? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just like, oh, yeah, duh, it's, you know, international water. It's anything above. So, like, say around you guys, the landowner owns the land, not the airspace. So it's right. perfectly legal. I mean, there's definitely some gray area with harassing people or what have you, but it, yeah. there's nothing illegal about flying a drone over somebody's property. Right. Uh, Unless the federal government owns it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. And yeah. there's the airspace laws, which that's all stuff you learn when you take the part 107, yeah. uh, the remote right. pilot's license test. Um, so there's airspace laws, and a lot of these drones are smart enough that it will mm -hmm. not let you take off if you're within that airspace. Or it'll actually, just the other day, I was flying my drone along the mountain range, and there was a random stretch of airspace that is reserved for helicopters to fly up and over a pass uh, for, like, rescue stuff or just frequenting over the mountain range. So my drone just literally just comes to a complete halt, and I can be full stick forward, and it's like, nope, can't go there. And so mm -hmm. I have to, and I could literally, like, follow it by, like, along the edge or what have you so i mean the drones if you have a smart like a dji drone it knows where all that stuff is yeah. now if you yeah. have the the homemade diy stuff that's where you got to be careful because it yeah. doesn't know anything so you could fly it anywhere anytime and you could get in a lot of trouble doing that yeah 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 yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's cool well i one yeah. one of the things that i love on your videos is how and we we talked a little bit about this before we went live but how unscripted a lot of it is, you know, a lot yeah. of us, a lot of us who are sitting back on our couches with our popcorn and our folks think, oh, oh, well, they meant to do that. But, um, you know, the uh, like a like we were talking about on the last series, um, you know, the fishing tournament yep. that y'all got into. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and that really caught my attention. I was like, go Tanner, go Tanner. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. Um, you know, the fish hook uh, in the finger or the. You know, I thought it was great that Clay came out after the big windstorm and said, you know, I forgot to tie the awning down and it destroyed our awning. And, yeah, I mean, just you feel like, wow, these guys are more like me than what I thought they were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's happened to me. You know, oh, I love yeah. that. It, it makes yeah. it more real life. Uh, for, yeah, for, for sure. Life. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing scripted about the show except for, I mean, there's times where we're like, oh, it'd be cool to do a seen like the repelling scene where we went down this cliff face like yeah. those are the things that we plan ahead to add to the story or to add to the content but nothing we don't go into any situation with like a script or any kind of pre-planned 
nothing's planned out at all. So any failures we have, it's either not significant enough to show on camera or we show it or it doesn't oh, the row in the boat. The row in the boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those boats are a lot harder to row. Than <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've rowed yeah. like big float boats down the Yellowstone through rapids, but the big ones, they're very slow to respond and stuff. Those things, I mean, one row and you'll spin around in a circle. So yeah. I kind of hit the ground running in that situation too to get thrown right into those rapids. And and then John yelling on the front, we're all going to die, didn't really help my confidence. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it sure made good for a good scene. It yeah. sure made for a good scene. Yeah, and that was actually a very cut down scene too because that's what happens in a lot of the episodes is that we just have so much we can't show because it just starts to drag on. So yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Professor, did you happen to see the uh, overlays that I uploaded earlier? I saw a few of them. Um, I uh, looking at them. Yeah. I just didn't know if there was any, anything in there that uh, you wanted to show as far as our sites in, in Wyoming and stuff. Anyway, um yeah let me look at that let me look at that well let's uh we've kind of gotten halfway through so let's take a little bit of break and we'll be right back we're gonna get us a drink and we'll be right back you're watching professor that sounds good Hi, this is Jerry from Temple Tusk. This is Aaron with Artemis Overland Hardware. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Kara from Ozark Overland Adventures. I'm Adam with Oki Overland. I'm Tank with Overland Spices. Hey guys, what's up? It's Drew with Rock Squatch Designs. Here with the Rock Squatch. That's Jeff. Glad I could visit Hi, I'm Julie, the Overlander next door. And I'm Phil from Down to Mob. And, and you're, you're watching. watching. And you're watching. And you're watching. Professor. Professor. Bats. 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 Professor Bats and Friends. Professor Bats and Friends. Professor Bats and Friends. Professor Bats and Friends. Sponsored by Artemis Overland Hardware in Springfield, Missouri. More Expo. Tack Form Mounts. Trail Rated Coffee. Linson Soap. Howling Moon Tents and Awnings. Big Iron Overland Rally. June 10th through the 12th in West Mineral, Kansas. Mountain Hatch. Lifesaver Water Filters. MC Ranch Overland. Snowmaster Fridges. EcoFlow. Timbo Tusk. Dow Dynamics Lighting. And our good friends at Midland Radio. Thank you for joining our show. No pros, just bros on this show. Thank you for being here. Here we go. So like we had talked about um, earlier, we had uh, taken a trip out to Wyoming and uh, got to see quite a few uh, different areas that we had never been to before. This was a... Uh, That's a uh, Centennial, right? Yes, sir. Centennial. Yep. It's, That's on uh, the way up to the snowy range where I took those drone shots. Okay, that's yeah. that's where we camped. Uh, I think awesome. uh, this is our camp on the Snowy Range, uh, probably okay. where you're talking about. Yeah. We had found this little spot right on the edge of a river that was flowing pretty good. There was snow everywhere, and okay, um, beautiful, beautiful little spot. And awesome. then uh, Tony oh, took man. off to Arizona <laughs> on us, and yeah. Uh, and uh did did a did a little thing we went back to kansas and tony took off the other direction yeah uh, yeah awesome. so we it was it was pretty fun went from freezing to sweating 
So yeah. are you able to bring up that one uh, centennial shot in Wyoming there? So basically that's the backside of Sheet Mountain. And yeah. if you go like to the right of the photo on the other side of the mountain is another mountain called Gelm Mountain. And that's at the base of that mountain is where my parents' ranch is where I grew up. Oh, wow. We passed right by there. We probably yeah. passed right by there. Very close for sure. <laughs> probably awesome. Yeah, because we came down through, what was that? That uh that little town um oh that had that uh uh land cruiser with the uh tracks on it i don't think that was a town that was a uh well it was on the it was on the map oh was um it? well you're right know. it probably wasn't incorporated <laughs> but it, 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 it was, some, there are some little settlements that are labeled yeah as town. i don't, I don't like, remember a sign being there but i do remember there being like a little shop where you could like Albany. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's yeah. where we came through. We came. We came up through Fort Collins and then turned off the main highway and went through oh, Albany. Crazy. Yeah. There was <laughs> there was a eighty series Land Cruiser with tracks on it. Well, we don't know that they get. They need those tracks on there for sure. Yeah. I imagine. That's awesome. Imagine. Now, Porker has a. Uh, as a question, he's a hammer operator, so he yep. said, I noticed you, all the rigs use ICOM 5100s are all of you ham radio operators. Yeah, and so the 5100s we just have in our rigs for uh, for X Overland because they have all the features that we want, including digital and GPS built in. Uh, so Clay also is involved in search and rescue. So having those other options helps him when he's out on a search and rescue call. Um, on my personal rig, I have an ICOM, and it's the 2730A. The big, the big thing if you are getting into a ham radio is you want the dual band or dual channel. Um, and so the, and the 2730 was a little bit lower profile for my use. I didn't really need all the other stuff, plus it was half the price. So that's the one I went with. Hmm. Um, but yeah, the 5100 is... It's got a large uh, display screen on it, so that was a factor for me on where I wanted to mount it in my own rig. But it's one of the best radios on the market, hands down. And it looked like I just bought another one for an upcoming build. Um, and they're really not that bad price-wise. It's like 450 plus like the mm -hmm. antenna and all that. But for a really good ham radio, I mean, it's a bomber radio. Yeah. 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 So you you were a Jeep guy when you first started there? Are you you yeah. not a kind of I, where, where so, are you at these days? <laughs> my the Jeep I had before really made me appreciate getting into a Toyota. I have nothing against Jeeps. They're amazing vehicles. I I had an 04 Grand Cherokee that I put 150,000 miles on because I had it in high school up until 2017. And I don't think the check engine light ever turned off on it, <laughs> no matter what normal. I did or what I, it would turn off temporarily, <laughs> and then it would come back on for another. Reason. Yeah, when the battery's yeah. dead. Yeah, if you just ignore it long enough, it'll go yeah, away. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. times that I was ready to paint over with some black paint. That's for sure, because <laughs> it was never something that affected the drivability. But yeah. I went through. Let's see here. So I went through three fuel pumps that left me stranded all three times that I had to have it towed back. I had to replace the lifters and the camshaft in it. The leak detection system and the emission system is the main cause of the check engine light. 
-hmm. I finally ended up having to rip that whole system out and replace everything to get that light to go away. Um, and then the, I had then started once it hit 200,000 miles, I was like, okay, I need something bigger. It's just, there's all these weird quirky issues that have been bothering me with it. And so then I started looking into, and that's when I really got into the X Overland show. So I started looking at the forerunners and the Tacomas really liking the idea. I just wanted to try something different and new. Yeah. And once I looked at, I found my, it's a 2014 forerunner trail edition. I found it used with 40,000 miles here locally. Um, and it had all the same, and I originally was thinking I wanted to get into a third gen Tacoma to have the crawl controlled locking diff and all mm -hmm. those fun things. But then I saw that the forerunner had all those features and for the used one, it was way less. I mean, I, you couldn't buy that same truck right now used for the price that I paid for it. So it was a no brainer. And I love the fact that being an SUV coming from an SUV, it was way bigger inside the cargo area is much larger. The rear seat room, like late room is huge, especially compared to a Tacoma. And so I ended up getting it and now I have 120,000 miles on it and I've just changed the oil and I've never had a single issue with it. That wasn't my own fault. Yeah. So yeah. it's, and yeah. okay. So the other thing, part of that story was the weekend that I decided, okay, I'm buying this forerunner. I drove my Jeep to work that day and I got out and I parked and I started to smell something a little sweet and burning. And I looked down and my radiator had cracked open and it was spilling antifreeze everywhere. And so I just, I just turned around and walked into the camera store and I was like, I'll deal with that later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went out and mopped up the antifreeze, but I was like, okay, you're making it really easy to say goodbye. There was a sentimental feeling. It faded after yeah, that. Yeah. You're not helping yourself here. Yeah. I'm a gladiator fan big time. And so okay. the Odin build, the Odin yeah. build was just, I mean, I just, I miss that truck. It yeah. Incredible. It's incredible incredibly capable is very loud on the highway it is i, I put it a is. lot of highway miles on it even bone stock we pulled it out i flew to detroit hopped in it got out on the interstate and almost immediately there was a whack 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 in the wheel well i was like what the heck so i pulled over on the hard shoulder of the interstate the thing's got like 10 miles on it and the wheel well liner was ripping out of it and hitting on the tires. So I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and by the time I got to, by the time I made it to Flagstaff, I had holes drilled in the wheel well liner with zip ties holding it on, and then I had a fully cracked windshield already. Oh my <laughs> so, goodness. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've heard so many people that they're on their second or third windshield already. I'm I'm still yeah. I've just got twenty two thousand on mine and I'm still on the Oh, original man. windshield so well, it's been pretty good to me i drive an fj cruiser and and i have yeah. the same type of windshields pretty much small and straight up yeah. and down it has yeah. no angle to it whatsoever and i'm on about my fourth windshield yeah, yeah it's uh, purely a design of the windshield it's yeah. not a jeep it's toyota thing yeah, there yes yeah. right yeah, yeah. In the box so it's that's kind of the way they're they're, they're made to do well what um what rig do y'all have that there at X Overland that's been your favorite? Mm, that's a tough one. <laughs> uh, right now, ooh, I mean, Orion, our new Tundra build is pretty hard to beat with the alley cab system. Can't imagine, yeah. Raven having the same alley cab system, but in a smaller package. I mean, those two trucks alone are really hard to beat, in my opinion. I am sold on those alley cabs, and I haven't even slept in one yet. Uh, just installing them, working on them. 
there's so much room to run wires to tuck in the canvas when you're shutting the lid um, when you open it you can get inside and just push your bed platform out of the way and have standing room mm -hmm. so before these trucks x3 meridian with the habitat was definitely my favorite just to have the room inside with the standing yeah. room and your bed separate to me the alley the downside to the habitat is just the setup's a little bit longer it's mm -hmm. not like a quick push it open and you're done that's yeah. what the alley cats have and so the ability to be able to keep your bedding inside they have that bulky like chunky look that's because there's room for your bedding mm -hmm. and there's room that you don't have to tuck every nook and cranny of your canvas when you're shutting the lid you yeah. can just you know kind of roughly tuck it in and shut the lid and you're done like yeah. you don't have to think about it that really yeah. and so those i've been thoroughly impressed with the alley cabs and so orion though with the just the the smoothness and the quietness of the brand new tundra interior it's the crew max so you have limousine rear seats mm -hmm. um and you still have all the power in the world with that new v6 it's twin turbo we haven't re-geared it yet there's no as of when we built it there weren't any gear options yet but with the power and the transmission i mean i don't we really don't need to re-gear it i mean yeah. that's just the next cost that isn't necessary because i mean after building it when we were driving it to ship them down to expo i mean i i was driving it around i was like this thing still feels like it did when it was stock like i mean yeah there's probably a decrease in performance but it wasn't you'd have to measure it to notice yeah kind of thing. yeah it's so not I'm very impressed with that so very wow. excited to actually get it out in the nordic series and start actually using it and testing it yeah all of my yeah, installs fun. will now be to the test <laughs> yeah will you be will you be making that trip i will be so i won't be doing the first part of it i'll be flying in for the i or the the iceland portion of it um i just couldn't make that entire span work with family life i've been trying to balance how long i've been gone for family mm -hmm. and i've got a very very understanding and supportive family but i want to keep it very yeah. supportive yeah <laughs> use it not abuse it yeah, yeah. so i'm fortunate enough to be able to just fly in for the iceland portion and swap out because kurt will be on the trip and he won't be able to stay for the whole stretch of it so we're kind of swapping out so and that's something we've done on past big trips mm -hmm. central america south america team members swap out so same thing there how long is the total trip for the ones to be determined. there's so many moving pieces right now it's like it's yeah, I couldn't even guess on it. The Iceland portion alone will probably be about the same as Alaska. Um, wow. And so it'll be, it's a season, a full season, like what we've done with South America, Central America. So as of right now, I think the plan was to shoot around 10 episodes, 10 to 12 mm -hmm. episodes, depending on how it all works out. So wow. you're only going to be gone for a portion of it. How long does that mean that you'll uh, be away from your family? That's the beach too. Okay. Uh, okay. Four weeks ish is what I would say right now. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yep. So it's a it's a long time, but and it's it's a lot of work. I mean, the trips are a riot in their own right, but it's also a lot of late nights and a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're just on vacation having fun because we wouldn't be able to produce the show and you know produce the product that our sponsors are paying for right if right. we just 
had fun. So it's it's a lot of work. I mean, we're working hard in a very scenic area. Right. Well, well, I know, you know, from from what you from what you've said and, and from following you on Instagram, social media, whatever, that you really enjoy the outdoors. You really enjoy the the overlanding part of it, the camping, yeah. the, the, the all of it put together. You, you really enjoy the fishing. I mean, you made that you made that whole scene <laughs> for me. I love that. Um, so how do you and this is this is something out there because we talked about this earlier before the show start, because a lot yeah. of people want to do the YouTube, they want to do the social media, they want to, they want to do this, they want to do that, but they also have a love for the outdoors. So where do you find that balance? Um, you know, this is your actual job for us, for a lot of us, it's a hobby. And yeah. I don't want to get to that point where I don't enjoy it anymore because it seems more like work. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you balance that out with what you do? Ooh. Well, honestly, you know, we don't we don't really get that many breaks when we are on the big trip. I mean, there are days that we'll just say, okay, we're just going to take a day to unwind or, you know, to like reset the trucks or travel or something. But I mean, for the most part on the trips, we are working, but Mm -hmm. there is a balance of knowing when you got the shot and then you can turn off the camera and just sit down and enjoy the campfire or the surroundings or what have you. Um, honestly, it's been more about just trying to get out more on my personal time with my own family and, you know, relax in our own camper, go to the lake and go fishing on our own time. Because when I am at work, I mean, it's working We're we're there to shoot the show. Um, but it is, I, I would say for folks that are getting into it, try to find that balance of when to turn on the camera and when not to turn on the camera. If you're just so focused on trying to film everything you're doing, you're just going to wear yourself out and it's not going to be any fun. And that's what we do on the trips is we, we have an idea of what we're out there to shoot. So we know when we need to film and when we don't need to film. And so that helps us balance it. Um, And it's like, I was just listening to a podcast with Mike Pfeiffer, the last line of defense and clay on our Overland podcast. And he was explaining the same thing as he said that on his, on Mike's, uh, it's like weekend lander episodes that he does where it's just an overnight trip. He said half the time he doesn't even film when he goes out. Just, he just wants to be out there and relax by the time he gets out there and gets set up, it's already dark. And he's like, well, I don't really think there's anything here to film. So he just doesn't. And it's important to find that balance to get out, you yeah. know, take those weekend trips, just camp, enjoy nature. And then, you know, maybe in the next week you can plan on going out and filming something. And then that's when, you have the time to actually set up, okay, I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to go try some bushcrafty thing. And that's what folks want to see. They don't want to just see you setting up camp and cooking a steak. And then the next day you leave kind of thing. Like, you know, go out there and try being like, okay, well, I'm going to start a fire, but instead of using my lighter, I want to try, you know, a flint rod, or I want to try rubbing two sticks together or what have you. Yeah. You know, I want to try yeah. to catch a fish with fishing line tied to the end of a willow or something instead of my fishing rod. Like there's yeah. stuff like that that can make it more interesting. And then that's what's worth filming. Yeah. yeah. You know, way, way before overlanding was a thing, um, you know, I was glued to the TV watching Survivor Man. And, oh, you know, just, just yep. seeing uh, a person out there that had to live off the land, but did yep. his own videography, had nobody else with him. That yeah. intrigued yeah. me 
that, that's uh, that hard to go through all the trouble. <laughs> uh, but he loved yeah. what he did, and he actually is still making you know episodes. Yeah. And yeah, it's that's hardcore because when you're already dealing with needing to find food and you're already going three days without food and you're lightheaded and you're dizzy and you're hungry. But now I got to go set up this camera and deal with the batteries. It's like, yeah. oh, like that's that's hardcore. Well, also, still, that they're still doing shows. Like the one called Alone. Yep, have you yeah, seen that? Alone. They, yeah. they do it on that too. After getting into Alone, it almost makes Survivor Man seem like a walk in the park. It does because they don't have anything. Yeah. yeah, and they Alone. Don't have I mean, yeah, they're out there till they tap out, and it's like it's a mind game too. Right, and then they still have deal trying to hunt and fish and film it and they'll be out there for 50 days not knowing if they're the last one or about to win a million dollars or not and then they're trying to set up the cameras and be artistic it's like that's that's the next level thing it's, right there. it's totally different and you know it's yeah. it's but but like you're saying that's what people want to see they want they don't want to see the same thing over and over again they want to see something new something fresh they don't want to see you you know, yep. everything that you're cooking for dinner every day and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and set yep. up camp, taking down camp. So how how is it with you guys coming up with uh, the cre creativity part uh, to come up with something new? I know the different places that you go kind of creates its own. Um, yep. But how does the thought process work uh, with the creativity to come up with something new that, that you know that people want to see? That's a good question for Clay, honestly, okay. with him being the director. I, I don't know if I have a good answer for that one. We well, try our best to explore new personal stories with like team members and stuff or like try to if one team member has a certain like, say, with me with the fishing, you know, instead of me just fishing when the cameras were off, we're like, oh, let's film it and see what comes of it. And then it, I mean, honestly, a lot of it is that where it's like we're in a really cool spot. If kind of, I mean, Alaska especially just films itself, but then we look ahead and think of, okay, well, the three boys haven't been up to Prudhoe Bay and they want to do their Pan America one day. So we try yeah. to explore that story. So it's just finding like stories like that, that we can explore and follow through with. And, you know, that's yeah. kind of what yeah. ends up making the show the show. Yeah. Well, and, and you having different people that come on for the, for the adventure uh, was really part of what I really enjoyed about the Alaska trip. You know, the Van Stralen boys that were on there, you know, cause they've got their own story yeah. and how are they going to mesh with the other guys? Because they've done this for a long time. They're not yeah. movies by any means, but yeah. yeah, you get them on there and you get them saying, you know, I thought we knew a lot until we met <laughs> these guys. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was just eye opening for me uh, because you, you never know enough. You know, yeah, leaders are learners, and you get yep. them saying that, and that was just great how they just developed into and meshed with everybody else. Yeah, they're they're very mature and humble boys for their age. They're they're a great group, and that's the way I feel too. Like, I mean, I will never think of myself as being some expert overlander because I've just been doing it for a few years, even though I'm with, you know ex overland it's i'm always learning and i mean clay's always we're always learning and one of the things i always remembered from when i was in school for photography is ansel adams i i'll have to fact check it because i've i remember hearing my professor say it but 
one of his quotes was when he was on his, I mean, Ansel Adams being one of the most famous landscape nature photographers of all time, said on his deathbed that one of the saddest parts of him dying was he didn't feel like he was done learning. And it's like, that speaks volumes being one of the best, most well-known photographers of all time to say that he didn't feel like he was done learning. And I mean, I dealt with customers at the camera store that came in and they were all puffed up thinking that they were the greatest. And it's like, dude, every day something new comes out or something new is discovered or what have you. It's like, yeah, there's always something new to learn or figure out. And so that's what's been really cool about being with the group especially with Clay and Rochelle and the whole team is that we're always open to new things and new ideas. And we're always exploring new ways to film something or build a truck or to, you know, edit something. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun because it's always a learning process with them. Yeah. Yeah. Why Iceland? Why not Iceland? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the world's a big place and and there's a lot of places out there to go and, you know, I follow a lot of social media out of Iceland and the Faroe Islands and yep. that Norway. That that area is in the top two on my list. Uh, Got to be. Oh. Uh, well, and that's the way it's been for us. And that's one of the main reasons, honestly, it was next. And I mean, I don't know of all the main reasons that it was next, but I can assume that it was the next more most obtainable spot with all of our timelines. Um, and honestly, Iceland is, I mean, that's just like Alaska. It'll shoot itself and yeah. it's, it's worth making that trip to get there. Yeah. It's, I, I can't wait. I've, I've yeah. seen so many videos of, you know, and, and you're taking your own vehicles up there, right? So you're shipping your vehicles yeah. there because I've seen how, where people go there and they rent these, with the gigantic like monster truck tires on them and you'll be there with just (laughs) toyotas and i love it and we'll be there when the snow's not there so that's the main reason it'll work out those (laughs) arctic trucks are incredible because of the snow that they get in the ice pack and their massive tires and yeah those are trucks that we lust after as well yeah (laughs) Uh, i I can't imagine i can't Uh, imagine um they gotta be good for montana in the winter too i can imagine uh, when we get the real winners yeah yeah well when when i went to yellowstone in the winter you know we rode a we rode a snowmobile all through yellowstone yep. but they had these gigantic people movers with these yep. big humongous tires on them yeah. and i had never seen those before that was new for me yellowstone yeah. man they get some crazy weather because they're they're in a basin and because of i'd have to look You'd have to look at the map, but I remember watching a show that explained it, that from the past eruptions of the supervolcano thousands and thousands of years ago, it created this kind of pathway from the ocean without any major mountain ranges to block it down into the park. And then it's kind of a basin area. So in the wintertime, they get some crazy cold air and wet air from the ocean that settles in the park and just kind of creates its own winter weather. Um, so we'll get a pretty mild winter here in like the Gallatin Valley where Yellowstone just gets dumped on. Hmm. It's pretty insane to see it in action. Well, you know, I've, uh, when I went there, you know, I I didn't really know a lot about the area, but, uh, all the, it's just like weird, uh, with (laughs) all the, with all the 
the hot crazy. spots and the hot lava and the and and the stuff yeah. like that. It's almost just like Iceland. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you're standing on a super volcano. Yeah. There's not many super volcanoes, and Yellowstone is a active but dormant super volcano. Yeah. Well, it's I, I can't imagine uh, the the videography and the photos that you're going to get from that place. I'm sure that that's probably a photographer's dream come yeah. true to, to a bucket away. list item for sure just like I'm alaska sure. was but yeah i i can't wait it's i'm stoked we're all stoked for it how, <laughs> how how long do you leave when when is that trip uh the first part of the team's gonna be flying out here shortly again there's so many moving parts there's no like official dates or anything but middle of july ish is when they're going to be flying out and then i won't be leaving until uh probably middle to end of august ish okay and then mm-hmm. it'll be kind of that july through september when we'll be over there wow okay yeah wow that's and we'll have to wait we'll have to wait, <laughs> we'll have to wait. Yep. Kill us. To wait. that's yeah, that's the out. part that that's you know that's why it takes us so long to turn around things because our edit process but that's why like alaska looked like it did with the sound design and the the cinematic side is you know it's not something we can just pump out in a week kind of thing yeah 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 that's true yeah Yeah. that's true well i can't imagine the hours that you sit at a computer uh editing b-roll and (laughs) and uh, cutting all that out to just create a 30 or 40 minute show you've probably got 19 hours that you cut down to less than an hour i, I can't imagine yeah yeah it's it's crazy how much we cut stuff down i mean one episode could be already cut down pretty tight to like say an hour and it's like okay we still got to get like 15 minutes or something but yeah and a lot of times we look at it and we see if we can make it into two episodes or what have you but yeah it's it's crazy. Like that whole fishing scene with us going through the rapids, you know, it, yeah. I cut it down quite a bit and then clay came in and he had to cut it down even more. And it's, yeah, it's, it's quite the process. Wow. wow. I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, we, uh, I can't tell you what a treat this was to sit yeah. down with you and, yeah. and, uh, just get to know you a little bit better and, and, uh, and discuss some of the things that I've been wanting to ask you for a long time. And I really appreciate you joining us. For sure. I can't tell you how much it is. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me on guys. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we appreciate everybody who tuned in this evening. I know you had a lot of places to be, but you chose to be here and uh, we will be putting this out on our podcast uh, tomorrow and you can catch it there. Uh, If you can't watch it, uh, you can sure enough, listen to it, but it will be up on our YouTubes and Facebook's, uh, from now on. And, uh, man, I tell you what, what a treat Tanner Johnson joining us here on professor bats and friends. I appreciate everybody joining in on us and I hope you have a wonderful week. And as you go through this week, make sure to remember, live your best life that you can. You never are promised time and, uh, time's running out people. I mean, I'm old and, uh, it seems like yesterday I was a teenager. So uh, get out there and enjoy life. Look out for number one and don't step in number two. Join us next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Boom. Professor and Friends, 2022. Woo-woo. Thank you for watching. Professor, bad friends. 
Professor Bats and Friends. Professor Bats and Friends. Ka-chow. Enjoy the professor and bats and friends. Professor, professor Bats and Friends. Woo!